Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 202. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the acclaimed and talented sci-fi fantasy author, Christian Prospery. Christian, hello, hello. Great to be here. I am very excited. Very excited. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so this is good. We, we uh, connected through ASAP Imagination, which you were any one world... Uh, anthology series perspectives that came out yes and you also have an upcoming novel coming out through anyone world which is called across the astral frontier is that correct right. that is correct every single word and yep i'm very excited about that um and it, just to get all the ball rolling with asap is gonna be so much fun really though. right yeah yeah got a great group of people there i know that uh, paul hades uh has been doing a great job with that and before we jump in and kind of like talk more about your books uh can we first kind of just jump in and kind of give people a little bit of background how you got into writing and how, where it took you to today yeah of course uh yeah. i mean writing i've always i've always loved it you know and i think i think my uh, my first piece of writing was when I was like eight or nine years old, right? And I mean, I'm been a nerd my whole life, right? Just uber nerd. So super into Pokemon, like back whenever Pokemon first came out. My first piece of writing, I, I got a journal. So I was supposed to, you know, I was interested in journaling, and then it, that quickly devolved into writing Pokemon fan fiction, <laughs> like the pictures I was drawing pictures and stuff. Like that was like probably my first experience with it. I mean, it wasn't obviously serious or anything like that, but I was like, I like, I guess I like writing stories. Um, <laughs> just started with Pokemon fan fiction and stuff. So <laughs> placing myself in the shoes, right? <laughs> I was definitely self-inserted myself into those stories, right? As a Pokemon fan, is my dream. Um, and yeah, and then it kind of, I just fell off, right? I mean, I had a ton of hobbies growing up and I was playing sports all year round, um, played sports in college, but it was like once college was done, I was really just, kind of like, what do I want to do? And then I just, I started just thinking of stories again and just stuff wouldn't leave my brain. And, and like, you know, I had the time and the energy to spend on other things. Right. And it just kind of started um, reflourishing into my daily life. And then I decided around 10 years ago, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for this. And I started right. writing my first novel and, you know, it took, like I said, it took about 10 years to get my first publication. I know some people can, go faster than that. I, I didn't have a, a legit background in writing or anything like that. I just like to create stories. So it took a while, but you know, here we are. And then that's right. kind of, it's kind of what we did with that, you know, from, from just messing around to, to starting writing. I just was like, I'm going to write a book. And then that was it. I was, I'm, I'm hooked and <laughs> that's it, you know? So, so the, the book that you're talking about that you wrote the book, is that the book that's coming out next year? No, um, that's a different novel. Um, okay. one, I kind of like that one was more like a, a little bit out of spite, right? Because I'm like a uber nerd, right? I love Star Wars and I love Mass Effect and those those universes. Like I love them, but I was like at the time I was young and, and bullheaded, and I was like I don't agree with any of this. So I'm gonna write my own book, and I just, <laughs> and I, I just kind of made up this like sci-fi fantasy world that quickly became this whole living breathing thing to me and now i'm so deep into it and i gotta write the trilogy i got the whole first book written second book and across the actual frontiers is um a side project that i wanted to get into um to to put my 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 foot in the door for self-publishing right but then me and asap got together and i can i can go into a little bit more of that in a bit but 
you know? Yeah. Talk to us a bit about that. How did you connect with ASAP imagination? Yeah. So Twitter, man, Twitter is weird, right? You can use Twitter for so much stuff. (laughs) Clearly it could be used for a ton of avenues of things, but you know, for, for writers and creators, especially indie, indie creators, um, it's a good hub to go meet other people. Um, I met Mm. uh, the editor in chief, uh, Lori Cunningham, right? Um, She, we just kind of interacted quite a bit. Um, and then she met Paul and then they got together and did their thing. And that's kind of how I fell into that. And then I saw the posting of, you know, do you have any short stories that fit into sci-fi horror or fantasy? I was like, Oh, perfect. So I submitted and, you know, it kind of just started, like I said, from interactions with her and then other people, and then they built their company and then it just kind of flourished from there. Kind of built from there. Pretty cool. Pretty organic how it all happened. Right. So. And so did she say when they were looking at this, uh, launching the any one world, the, the perspectives, is that, did she reach out to them or did you see that they're doing a a call for submissions and you said, Hey, can I submit something? Yeah, that's essentially, they posted on Twitter. They were like, hi, we're going to make an anthology. So the the anthology that was last year, because this week is actually two years of ASAP. So two year birthday, which is awesome, which was the anyone con, you know, they had that to celebrate. So if you want to check out what ASAP's about, you know, go check out the Anyone Con. All the recordings that we did the last couple of days of the panels are are on the website or on the YouTube channel and stuff. Um, so that was the celebration. The other celebration last year was for Anyone World was uh, the first publication with Perspectives. Well, not the first. They did Lori and um, Hades did their own book, but then this was the right. first to kick it off yeah uh part of pers- their main continuity book yeah yeah exactly exactly so they yeah. kicked it off but yeah they uh they did that the anthology with all these all these other cool people and they essentially just put a link on twitter and was like hey if you have a sci-fi horror fantasy short story send it to us and you could be featured in our thing which is um and the hook was that it was uh, all the proceeds go to charity which is also amazing um dyspraxia foundation from the uk uh, Hades has a personal relationship with, with that, you know, um, he talks about it openly, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, he's, yeah. you know, he, he's got a personal relationship with it. And so all we writers, editors, artwork, I mean, take a look at this book, right? Isn't that awesome? Right. All these things that people did for free. Um, we all just kind of threw our stories together and, and it was amazing because a lot of us were first time publications, right? for like an actual publication company my me personally was was one of those people so uh made a bunch of dreams come true while while you know doing it for a good cause so i can't ask for anything better honestly that's cool yeah and so and so the 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 book the the story that you put out there in um in perspective was called the murmuring john in the recording of alexander a williams yes so, so talk to us a bit about what that, um, what that short story is about. Yeah. So man, I am big into, so it's, I'm big into sci-fi and I'm big into cosmic horror, right? Like Lovecraftian sort of vein, you know, um, just love that stuff. So this was a combination of my love for sci-fi and my love for horror my love for cosmic horror in particular. Um, and I kind of just, started uh, building up this short story, you know, in the after hours of work, I was working at a restaurant at the time. So, you know, after hours, when we get our butts kicked for 10 hours, <laughs> sitting in the pub in the, in the bar side. And I just started writing this story. Um, and it kind of just became this, this 
this thing I couldn't stop thinking about, even when I was done with it. And I was like, I'm going to edit this. And I was like, I want to add more to this, this whole world, this whole universe. And that's kind of where it came from. Um, the story itself or the whole, the whole idea of it is, you know, cosmic horror is just something that I love, you know, and, and bringing out the, um, the very human emotions that come with cosmic horror, I think, and trying to condense that into a, into a very short piece. Um, once again, for my love for sci-fi. So <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. I think at least <laughs> obviously the short story that you put into perspectives, is it part of the same world as your sci-fi series? Yeah. So actually what's kind of cool about this. Um, so I'm going to do just do a little self plug here, <laughs> but um, the, the story that I got uh, published in perspectives, murmuring John um, is going to be the first story in my collection. So, you know, what's cool about that is like, you can, anybody that, you know, that hears this can go and, and if they, if they end up getting perspectives, one, you're going to be donating to charity. And then two, if you read my story and like it, you're going to get an exact like preview right into what my collection is going to be and how it's going to feel and, and stuff like that. Cause this is going to be the very first story that kicks it all off, kind of settles the reader into what they're, what they're going to get, I think from it all. So, so, and is this part of your trilogy series as well then? No, that's different um, so far. Okay. Um, you know, we haven't, we have yet to talk about where that's going to go uh, with ASAP so far. Uh, I got a lot of work to do on that one. This one's just a whole new thing. I just, I, I just kind of branched away from, I needed a break from writing, you know, the sci-fi right. fantasy, creating all the species and the languages and, and yada, yada, yada. Right. I wanted to, make it a little more simple and make it about, you know, human experience and horror and then a whole different um, futuristic world to try to make it as, as different as I can. Right. right. Uh, but yeah, they're definitely, definitely not a part of the same uh, universe, which is sometimes hard. So, but sometimes I borrow from, <laughs> and I gotta right. be careful not borrowing stuff, you know, but. <laughs> so what do you see? Uh, what are some of the challenges and benefits that you see from writing sci-fi and writing fantasy as compared to writing horror? Um, horror, I think like fantasy and sci-fi, like it depends on what you like to do and what, what, what you're into. See, I love world. I, I like them both. Right. But they both mm. have two different ways of going about it. Like sci-fi fantasy is a big focal point on like, I, I feel like a world building and how do you interlace uh, the world that you're trying to create and make alive and vivid for the readers um, and incorporate that with the characters and the actions and, and, and all that stuff. Right. That's kind of the foundation to me of fantasy and sci-fi is like the world around these characters um, and how that affects their decisions, you know, how their personalities, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then with horror, I think it just, it just takes a big shift in focus, at least for me personally, because mm. it's, it's, it's about, it's about, and it's specifically cosmic horror. And it's about for me, like the human experience of, of, of an event, right? You can still do the world building and stuff, but with this other one, I focus a lot more on like, okay, here's this crazy, insane situation that these people are in. We know that, how are they going to react? Like, how are, what are their, what are their emotions to this? And that's, I think more of the focal point with stuff like horror, you know, you want to, you want to get people's uh, feelings and emotions and, and, and capture that. And you still want to do that once again in fantasy and sci-fi, but you just take more time, I think over here building on what the fantasy and sci-fi would do in the world building versus right. this sci-fi horror fantasy. Like I can, I can just kind of skip some steps and 
here's where these people are. Here's the situation. Now let's focus on how they're going to get out or not get out or what are they going to do? Are they going insane? You know, and like you're really focusing on the emotional element of it, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and so with that said, what do you feel as though is, I'm kind of curious about which genre usurps the other. So, so hypothetically speaking, if you have a horror themed fantasy novel, is that a fantasy novel or a horror novel? Man, I don't know. I think you might be asking the wrong guy. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I think you can, I think you can, I think the interesting, I and mean, I think the reason why I love horror so much um, is because horror is the only genre that's also an emotion, you know? Mm-hmm. So you like, when you think about that, horror can be incorporated into anything. Right. And it it can be, it's just like love, right. You know, like love can be incorporated into any story. So when you're talking about like fantasy and horror, I would say the fantasy takes over a little bit more because horror can be anywhere and it kind of should be right. (laughs) I I think, you know, like I think, uh, well, that's me personally, I always have a bias for it, but like, like I said, it's the only genre that's that's an an emotion, you know, people experience horror in a ton of different situations. So if you have a dragon coming at you, teeth gnashing, you know, and you're stuck in a cave and it's like trying to push its head through and get you like, that's kind of horrifying in a way. Right. I mean, you can, you can build a scene and make that really scary if you, if you want in within a fantasy realm. Um, and then you can also transcend horror obviously into, into sci-fi, or you can just keep it as a slasher movie. Right. Where it's just the whole movie's about the intensity of getting caught. <laughs> right. That, that's horror too. It just, it's horrors everywhere. And that's why I love it. <laughs> right. So what do you, when you sit down and write your stories, are you writing stories that you want to tell or are you writing stories that you think people want to read? Oh man. I, I think it, it, it's dependent so far. So the, the one book, I, the first book that we were talking about, my sci-fi fantasy one, you know, that's a lot right. more in the vein of like star Wars and mass effect. I don't know if you've played that game or, yeah. or know that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that one, I was like, okay, this is something that I would want to play or read. Um, but I also want people to to be able to experience this and, and enjoy it. And I, I think everybody wants somebody to experience and enjoy it. But with this with this sci-fi horror one that, that's coming out across the astral frontier, I be honest with you, I started writing it. And I was like, I'm just going to write something that I want to read. <laughs> and I, I kind of hope that people are going to like it, you know, and that's that's been the focal point of it. And there's been a resurgence, I think, in cosmic horror and stuff in mainstream media. You have like Archive 81 and you have Annihilation in the Southern Reach trilogy, you know, and you've got House of Leaves and all these amazing works in, in the cosmic horror vein. You have the Adam um, Benson and Justin, or Adam Moorhead and Justin Benson. They're two directors who uh, direct a movie called The Endless. All these things are starting to merge with cosmic horror. And I'm starting to learn that I, you can tell these projects are really close to their, the hearts of these people. Cause it's a small niche of people that enjoy these things, I think, but they're, so I kind of went with the same attitude and feeling like I'm going to write what I want to read <laughs> and like something that I want to read, you know, for on this time around, you know, I got my novel right. where I'm trying to write for the masses. And I was like, I'm going to focus on what I want to read with this one, you know, the stuff that I'm into and we'll see if anybody's into it, you know? <laughs> So when you wrote your first novel that you talked about, that it's still that fantasy, uh, how does that compare to, um, you know, coming out with them um, across the astral frontier? How is your style the same or have you adapted as you wrote more? Yeah, I, uh, I definitely wrote the first one 
to appeal to like more of, of a larger audience, I would say, you know, kind of um, just a little easier digestible, I think for, for readers and stuff. And then this one, this one, I kind of really took a lot of inspiration from like, like I said, other works that I've read um, mm. like House of Leaves and the Southern Reach trilogy, which is Annihilation is the first book in that. And I don't know if you've ever seen that movie either. It doesn't really go by the book too much, but, but those ones, when you're reading them, they're, they're a little more, like I said, a little less digest, a little less digestible, I think, for the readers and stuff like that. So I kind of tried to shift my writing into this, like I said, the stuff that I like to read. I want to be able to write that stuff too. So I definitely have a different way of doing it, but I really tried to focus on these collections of story. And I actually really tried to change my writing style with each of these stories. I don't want people to get, you know, bored or, or, you know, feel like I'm super pretentious and trying to write these things or, you know, whatever. And I wanted to try new things and I wanted to have different writing styles for the, the short story collection too, just because one, it's fun. And I think it'll keep people engaged a little bit more than having the same. I mean, like, like I said, I love, I love reading Lovecraft and I love reading House of Leaves, but they can be pretty heavy. You know, those stories right. kind of heavy. So I tried to mix it up a little bit from that kind of style and move it on to, you know, like have more quickie snap, like thriller within this story. But, in the same universe and stuff like that. So. Right. Are you, is there, you know, working with ASAP imagination, have you been approached to say, Hey, Christian, do you want to try to write a comic book script or, Hey, do you want to try something else? Um, would that be something that you would be, be amenable to as well? Oh, absolutely. Like the cool thing about any one world and like just ASAP in general, is like, it's a big collaboration. So like people, right. we can all reach out to each other and be like hey can i use that or do you want to do you want to work together on something so when 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 hades told me that i immediately started thinking about these short stories that i'm writing i'm like holy this these could really work well as comics these could be sweet as comics and he was like yeah i think so too yeah. you ever thought about doing comics and he actually <laughs> actually had to turn him down because <laughs> he offered me a, a slot to do this project that he's he just announced it and announced it in the any one world where everybody's going to be doing their own comic strip and i I told him I, I needed, I think I needed a little bit more practice on comic book writing and panel writing. You know what I mean? Um, I don't have any experience with that, but do I think about it? Oh yeah. Uh, especially with the, with the Avenue I have now to be able to do it um, and to have somebody like Hades, who's just like, yeah, let's try it. Oh, you want to write a comic? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I do. But wait, maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should finish this first, <laughs> what I'm working on first sort of thing. But yeah, I definitely would love to incorporate that into right. future works for sure. So talk about your process. Do you write everything out first or do you go draft by draft and then re-edit and go back and forth or what, what's your, what's your process like? Oh man. And it kind of varies from project to project, but I, the one thing I've found that I'm very consistent with is I'll sit there and I'll think about something forever and mm -hmm. way too long, way longer than I should. I should be getting words down. Um, but I sit there and I just throw these ideas around in my head and, um, and, you know, if you're, if you're on, like I said, social medias and stuff and you're in the writing realm and you may know this, um, but you got your plotters and your pansters, you got the people who outline, you got the people who just word vomit right on the page. Right. I kind of fall in between. And I think, I feel like I kind of count as a plotter because I sit, like I said, I sit there and think about these things, like usually have the whole story thought of. I don't write any outline out because I don't want to totally take one side's favor here. Right. But yeah, so I've noticed I'm at least consistent with that. Like, yeah, thought about all these stories, like, oh, 
for so long and then I finally start putting them down and it's not exactly the best process I would say um because it, it's taken me a long time I need to be a little bit better about that but I think it's a lot of writers I think it's like I just can't stop like it's just they're constantly up there you know what I mean and so always reworking things in my brain and then I'm just once I sit down I already have a solid idea of what I want to do I have like a few three or four solid scenes like for these short stories I've got like solid scenes a solid ending right um and then I kind of just work through it that and then I and then I kind of just tinker around and play and I go in there um I have a bad habit of editing as I go too I should probably just get it all on the page but you know I, I'll read like 10 pages before I start writing again and then I'll end up getting caught editing <laughs> Not so getting how so how so how important is an editor to a writer? I think it's uh, imperative. Um, I think you need it. I you know I did a, I did a panel yesterday about editing, um, and I was kind of asked a similar question. They were like, "Well, what do you think as a new writer? Can you give advice? Can you give advice to new writers out there uh, on editing?" And the best thing I can think of is that you need to go, you need to immediately go into it knowing that you need it. <laughs> Everybody needs it. Uh, I don't care who you are. That's what I said. And I think I gave, yeah, I gave the example yesterday. I was like, I, I love Tolkien. He's like my favorite. He's like one of my favorite writers. I mean, the guy was a, an absolute genius, right? He created all these languages and then he created a world and history from these languages and that built in the Lord of the Rings. Um, so really in all the whole history Um and then you find people of modern times and maybe it's just the way people are writing now and how, how, how it's changed and shifted. Cause obviously things are going to change, but you have people like, Oh, it's hard for me to read. I can't, I don't, you know, and I go, well, maybe he could have used an editor, <laughs> you know, maybe he even could have used an editor back then. He created all these things, but sometimes when it's telling a story and sometimes it's when you're projecting or you're trying to project an idea on your audience, you need, you need somebody else to look at it and go, you know, all right, what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to do this? Cause I didn't get it. Or yes, this works great. Right. right. Like I said, it's imperative. We, we right. all need an editor and there's no getting around it. And the sooner people can accept that, the better, the easier your writing career is going to be. I promise. <laughs> so, so Christian, um, we have a lot of, you know, writers and would be writers and people that are learning to writing novels. Listen, and um, if they, if they come to you and say, Christian, I got $500. What should I spend this $500 on in order to start writing? In order to start writing? Or start writing and then they let's say they have uh, money afterwards. To, got some what money do you do after the Yeah. Editor. Editor. I would, I would spend it on an editor. I would. Yeah. Or like, you know, if you're trying to find paid beta readers, that's fine. Um, I think you can find beta readers and stuff like that. But if you have extra money left over and you have a novel sitting there and you've edited yep. it 12 times, that's not enough. Yep. I would, I would pay for an editor unless you like are a professional editor yourself, you know, and you trust yourself. But even then, even then you get stuck in your own story and your own projects. So, so easily that if it makes sense to you, it might not make sense to, you know what I mean? Like you just need to get eyes on it. So if you got extra money, I'm telling you, you pay for an editor. It, like, it helped me so much. Like I said, with my first novel, I had beta readers and I had people like people with writing backgrounds. Some of my friends that were, that would edit it for me, um, paid for my first, my first editor. And they all said the same thing. I said, well, at the beginning, I didn't really get into it until like this point, the beginning was too long. And I sat there and tried to justify it in my brain, 
you know, like, oh, this, I have it this long because of this and this and this. And anybody, any writer is going to be able to justify their work. And that's fine. Right. And I paid for another editor and she said the same thing. And I finally buckled and I said, all right, I'm going to give it. I'm going to cut 40 pages from my beginning of my book. And it's it's so much better. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's so much better. And I should have just listened initially. Right. Everybody was telling me, you know, no one was trying to be mean or anything. They were trying to help. Right. Right. <laughs> and, you know, so it, it's so to me, it's worth the money, you know. And, right. What are the skill sets that you recommend that a writer looks for in an editor? Um, oh, that's a tough one because I've only had a few of them, and but they all, they've all been great. You know what I mean? I haven't really come across too many things that I don't like. Um, I think most editors are really, really trying to help, um, trying mm. to do their writers. A good skill set is being able to convey um, what doesn't make sense and what does. Um, the best part about editing is that it doesn't have to be necessarily this whole hard, like, you know, skin, burn skin scraping process where you have to clean off, you know, like it can be fine and it can be uh, an, an acceptable thing. You know, you'd be able to find an editor that can really bring out um, the positivity in your work, but also mm. be honest. I mean, you, you want constructive criticism. If you find an editor that's that can't really do that. I don't know. It's, it's tough. I personally, I like, I, I don't need so much positive feedback, but to be honest, it's nice. Sometimes it's like, Hey, this works because what works is also a tool. You can, you can see what works and you can rework it and be like, okay, if this works, I want to do this more in my piece. So how can I, how can I rework this and how can I make this into something else? And it's not always about what's bad. You know, it's sometimes right. it's about good you want to be able to keep doing what's good too so you got to be able to find an editor that can really look at the whole scope of things um and and be able to tell you all that stuff um, and like i said i've been very fortunate so far to work with some great people already and they've all been able to do that very well right now you you, you mentioned that you also have a, a a day job as well correct yes i do so what would your advice be for writers to kind of balance your day your day job and your day work to finding time to write oh man well this one's kind of hard because i'm i'd be a little bit on a high horse right now because i'm fortunate enough to be able to work part-time at the moment so i can finish my book um but regardless of part-time or not you gotta get a schedule down and i hate schedules mm. i do i hate it and i want to be able to just you know do things on a whim you know and go have fun and if i want to get home and go for a hike or go to the gym or whatever. I want to do that, but you got to treat it like a job. And I know, I know this is like sort of like a advice. I'm sure like all of these writers have heard, and it might be some one of the first pieces of advice I've ever heard. And it was one of the first pieces of advice I've ever heard as a writer. Um, but you got to make, you got to treat it like a job because mm. you're never, you're not always going to want to write. You can't wait for inspiration. And that's just unfortunate because it would be nice if we could wait for inspiration and then crank out a 500 page book. Right. But that's just not how those things get built. <laughs> those things get built by perseverance and writing when you're pissed off, you know, and you're tired and yeah. getting just a hundred words down or whatever, but it's sitting on a sketch set schedule and then writing, just getting it down. And it's a hard truth to swallow. Right. It's kind of like dieting. It's like, there's no fad diets out there that are not work for you. You have to eat healthy and you have to get like, there's, there's no, there's no quick and easy way to do it. There's no quick and easy way to write a novel. You just have to do it every day or ever, like as much as you can, as much as you can. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell people that they have to write every day or anything like that, but you gotta, you gotta be consistent enough and, and you gotta write when you don't want to. 
which is going to be half your days, I bet. Especially when you work at a restaurant, so, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> so what was uh, what tip did a writer give to you that you found effective? Um, Kind of just going into that. I think mm. that was the biggest eye-opener for me. I sat on my first book. I thought about it for two years before I wrote a word down. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know if I was reluctant or not or or whatever. Um, And that was clearly the wrong choice. In hindsight, I was like, I wish I would have started writing when I started or when I started thinking about it because I just, that's two years of experience that I I waited on. Um, So for me, that was the best thing that I heard. It was like, you're going to write and you're not going to always want to write. It's just how it is. It's just like, you know, if, if you do great, that's amazing. And I think, I think you're a, a, a mutant. Maybe if you want to write every day, all the time, like, that's just, I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's going to be some days where you're just not going to want to do it, but you got to. So you mentioned that you have, it's how important it is to have an editor. You mentioned how it's important is to sit down and, and get some time together to sit down and write. Uh, what did what worked for you? Are you right in the morning? Are you right in the afternoon, evening? What did you find that works best for you? You know, so strange. This is really strange. Um, but like I've always been a night owl. You mm. know, I can stay up till three, four in the morning, like nobody's business, right? And just super easy to do that. And I always, I always tried to incorporate writing at night, and it just didn't work for me. Mm. Um, it didn't work. It's weird. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I guess I just don't want to do anything at night except be awake for some reason. (laughs) That's all. So I thought I would be able to have the mental gumption to be able to like, you know, work uh, regular jobs and then just write, you know, in the wee hours after midnight and that just didn't work. Um, But if you can do that, great. That's awesome. Good for you. You're not me, I guess, you know, but what works for me is like, I found, you know, I find a set schedule and I always try to, do it when my brain's active. Um, I find that I get mentally exhausted pretty fast. And I find, mm-hmm. I also find that when I'm thinking about my stories every day, sometimes that wears me out and I'm like, I'm kind of mentally exhausted to put words down sometimes. So it's like, sometimes it's best for me, at least personally to start my day off writing or like right now, like I said, I get off work at one o'clock, I come home, I make lunch, grab another cup of coffee or two, wake myself right. up again, you know, and I, I do it for try to do like at least three or four hours um, and just set a schedule, you know, and try to get into habit habits, man. Habitual writing is, is going to take people far, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And talk to us a bit about your, your upcoming book across the Asheville frontier. What can your, the, your readers and fans um, expect from the, expect from the book? So Across the Astral Frontier is going to be a collection of short stories, sci-fi, uh, cosmic horror short stories mm. about humanity set in the far future. Um, we've sort of colonized our whole solar system. We were given's a weird word, but we were we, we found the technology to be able to go further. Um, and this creates sort a sort of a society based around exploration again, and not so much about um, people and, 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 you know, the existence of everything and everything, everything's about exploring and reaching further and further. And this collection is going to, uh, I guess, be the um, show that we, that overreaches 
we're going to run into something, you know, with the overreach of humanity's um, ambitions, <laughs> right? To keep going further and further. And it's going to be about the horrifying things that, like I said, humanity in the far future will, will, will come across and run into in the, the true meaning of the universe, I guess you could say in this, in this world. So, <laughs> wow. yeah. And I'm going to tell it through these isolated incidents, right? So every story is going to be somebody different years apart. Um, and I want to really focus on the people's, like I said, the people's emotions in these stories while also telling an overarching um, story in the background that I hope people can catch on to with little clues here and there. Just like I said, something fun that I would, I would love to read, but yep. Uh, just that, yeah. So how important was it to make your first novel in this sense, like an anthology instead of like using your, your, your long form prose that you produced earlier? Yeah. Um, I mean, I tried to query agents and I had a lot of nibbles for my other book and I tried to go to the traditional public traditional publishing route. Um, this book, this, like I said, this started with a story, the first story. Right. And I, I wanted to try traditional publishing and I wanted to try self-publishing. I didn't know if I wanted to throw my other novel out there for self-publishing just quite yet. So mm -hmm. once I started writing these stories, I was like, okay, I'm going to use this to step into self-publishing, step into the realm, get the experience with this, with this story. Like I said, that like, I'm just writing this for me at this point, kind of, you know, and, and let's throw it out there and see what happens that way and get experience in self-publishing and how to advertise and how to do all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it got published by ASAP. And, you know, Paul reached out and was like, hey, what else you got? I was like, well, I was going to do this as a self-publishing thing. He's like, well, just do it for us. And I was like, perfect. Let's do that. <laughs> that sounds great because I was going to do it anyway, right? <laughs> so that's kind of how that built into fruition. Right. And so if people want to actually check out the book themselves, they can go to uh, anyoneworld.com. Is that the best place they can find it when it comes yep. out? Yep, exactly. So, so like I said, right now they can go to anyoneworld.com, asapimagination.com. They'll be in the same little uh, website there. Uh, you can get perspectives there. But yes, it'll come out when Across the Astral Frontier does come out. It'll come out um, at Anyone World as well. Okay. So. Yeah, we have that on there. It says Across the Astral Frontier. If anybody wants to go to Anyone World, that's N-E, the number one, then world.com. Uh, and you can see perspectives is right there. It's right near the bottom of that page. And then more to come, you see across the astral frontier um, and release date 2023, huh? That's right. Uh, hopefully pre-orders are going to start soon. Um, I'm looking to have it done in a couple months, start the editing process, pre-orders, and then we're looking to slate it for early 2023 so far, if we stay on schedule. So. Um, and the editor for that, then for this, would that be Lori? She's doing it. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm not sure. We're mm. gonna have to talk about it because I know, I know, um, the editor on on Perspectives was uh, Jessica Mondi. So she's okay. right here. And so I don't, I'm not sure if she's gonna still be working with this or if it's gonna be Lori. Um, I'm sure I'm gonna find out once I can. Uh, actually finish this thing <laughs> and send it over to them, huh? <laughs> you know, and then I think, I think I'm personally either going to, well, I'm going to use their services as well, but going back to what we talked about earlier, I'm also going to hire an outside editor too, you know, and get more eyes on it. And right. It's just important for me. I'm just not, I'm, I'm not skilled enough to not do it without an editor. I'm telling you, I got, I got to get as many editors as I can. <laughs> <laughs> 
and and you're also people can also follow if they if they so choose on Twitter where you're at at Hooray Christian, correct? That's right. Yep. yep. That's right. Yeah. At Hooray Christian, right there. Um. Yeah. There's my dumb mug cool. on my profile pic. And <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christian, for coming on. I'm in, I'm really excited to really excited to check out your book when it comes out. It's I love that that combination of horror and, and science fiction. That sounds like it's going to be really amazing. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. And, uh, and I appreciate you having me on today. You're welcome. I got it right. You did. You nailed it. Crushed it. <laughs> it's almost like I wrote it down someplace. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know you, <laughs> you did that for memory. You did that for memory. For the full listeners out there, not the people. That's right. <laughs> you did it for memory. So, yeah. <laughs>